0: This podcast contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Queer Lives, Real Stories, Queer People. This is a podcast dedicated to being a platform for real stories from the LGBTQ community. My name is Ben Moody and I'm the producer of this podcast. I want to give a big thank you to everyone who has taken the time to listen to this fledgling show and for your patience in the time between episodes. I feel like now is a good time to tell you a little bit about myself. I'm a 29 year old university student majoring in anthropology at the University of British Columbia in Kelowna, BC. I have been one of the coordinators of my campus' LGBTQ plus center for two years, and I intend to keep advocating for LGBTQ rights once I graduate. I've had a passion for podcasts for a long time now, and creating one myself was always a dream. So creating something that combines my love of podcasts and my passion for the LGBTQ community was the perfect way to fulfill that ambition. Whether this podcast continues past its infancy and becomes more than what I originally planned, or if it gracefully ends when time constraints take their hold on me, as inevitable as that probably is, being a university student, I know that this podcast will become a sort of time capsule of narratives. And that, I think, is my ultimate hope for this. But let's get on with the show. This week we have Astri Jack. Astri is a queer femme artist and activist living in Kelowna. She works with queer youth, and does LGBTQ plus education throughout the Okanagan.
1: She was a collector of words, small stones and impossible choices. One afternoon, she gave me all three. It's my last summer before university, 18, introverted and blindingly in love. I'm waiting at my window and she's nearly an hour late. When she pulls up in front of my father's house, her VW rabbit coughing diesel, my heart pounds. She slams the car door shut behind her, stepping into Okanagan August sun and squints at my bedroom window. I watch as she lifts her hand to her hair, mussing an already wild mop strung full with beads. The other hand is tapping an unheard rhythm in her left pocket. It strikes me that she bears an uncanny resemblance to her dented, cockeyed, and disastrously messy car. She doesn't need to knock. I rush to the front door, and she grins, hops back into the car, and starts the engine. I follow to the passenger seat, and we roll towards the mountain. When we drive, we play a game. It's one of my favorites. It's called, What Will Be In Your Pocket Today? (laughs) Maybe pennies, sand, a piece of string, a a thought jolted on a napkin, a rusted washer from a construction site she passed. One thing I can always guess, though, is that there will be a small stone, a smooth pebble. There's always one of those. She collects them. So I dig into her pocket, and I see if any of my guesses were right. She can't tell me because she never remembers what she's carrying. I feel around, reaching awkwardly from behind my shoulder belt a twig, sea beads from a deconstructed bracelet, a tape from a broken cassette. But that day, there was no stone, no smooth pebble. We drive out along Shoot Lake Road and into the burnout area. Not long ago, the Okanagan Mountain Park fire rushed through and devastated houses and the forest. Most of the neighborhoods are still abandoned with only scorched foundations of bungalows. Twisted remains of appliances and blackened tree spikes remaining. She pulls up a long driveway. I don't know why she chose that particular one or why she chose to stop at all. When she guides the stick shift into park, we step out into the bizarre mass of mostly unrecognizable debris. A kettle survived, turned blue and black from heat, Beside as a window that melted into a dirty, icy-looking puddle. She bends over, runs her hands across it, and picks up something small. She holds it up to the lowering sun, and it glints milky green. Melted glass, she says to me. A perfect pocket stone. But this one's for you. And she takes my hand and places it in my palm. My skin turns electric at her touch, like it always does. She smiles at me and skips away. Let's go. I found what I was looking for. I don't think we should take anything else. Everything else belongs here. These kinds of cryptic, cryptic statements are usual for her, and I like to take them, mull them over, and let them evolve into small features of the mythology I've built around her. But then she asked me something I was not prepared for. You can let all places have all parts of you, or you can let one place to have call, or you can have one place to call home. You can't have both. Which do you choose? It's the end of summer now, and she's gone, but I'm still here. I wrote that story 10 years ago. In the 10 years since, um, she was my first girlfriend. I have seen her once. It was in Vancouver. She was late. I was angry. And other than that, we've shared emails, about one email a year. And sometimes they would come from her across the world in the Caribbean on a boat cooking. And uh, two years ago, I got a message from the top of the Swiss Alps as she was cradling, she told me, a goat that was dying of bloat. I found out the year after, last year, that the goat survived. I found this out when she was writing to me from a house she was building on Vancouver Island and she was living in a tent. (laughs) Apparently now she's in Tofino um, learning construction. She's also been in a band that toured Canada and was laying um, power lines up in Northern BC at one point. Meanwhile, I've stayed fairly much in place. Um, I've left Kelowna a few times. I've moved down to Vancouver. I've moved out east, Um, but... The world hasn't known me and hasn't had all parts of me the same way it has her. But here I find myself 10 years later with a woman who also has a disastrously messy car and is constantly tapping beats in her pockets um, and who never manages to actually keep anything in her pockets. They're always falling out. And I'm finding coins and sand and guitar picks in my bed and floor and other strange places and this woman too is a traveler but I think perhaps even though all places may not know me with a heart that I can call my home perhaps I can see the world from it.
0: Astri's story was recorded live at Wine & Art in Kelowna, British Columbia on January 31st, 2017. This podcast was made possible by a grant from Resist Stigma. Resist Stigma is a national initiative that engages young, gay, bisexual, queer and trans men, as well as health professionals in combating stigma. You can find them online at www.resiststigma.com. Sound systems at the live event were provided by Ossicle Hearing and Tinnitus Treatment Center, a new hearing experience. Celebrate sound again. You can check them out at www.kolonahearing.com. A massive thank you to the Men's Health Initiative in Kelowna for helping out with the recording, and to Wilbur Turner for providing his beautiful bar, Wine & Art, for the live event. If you enjoyed this program, please rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found us. Reviews really help podcasts expand their listener base, which ensures that they continue. You can check us out online at www.queerlivespodcast.com. My name is Ben Moody, and this was Queer Lives.